Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. One of the things I almost hate seeing when I go shopping for something is a notice on the package saying, new and improved. It's usually found on something I've just spent several minutes trying to find, but couldn't because the labeling on the product had been changed so much, or they relocated the product in the store so I can't find it where I think it should be. And when I do find it and decide to buy this new and improved whatever and get it home, when I finally open it and actually use it, I'm convinced the only thing that the manufacturer has done so that they can call it improved, in their opinion, is the design of the label. There used to be a lot of those commercials on TV, supposedly documenting real people taste testing or sampling two identical types of products to, to see which soda is more refreshing, which stack of clothes is softer and smells more fresh, which peanut butter tastes more like real peanuts. Invariably, the person sampling the product is surprised that the one they just thought was better was not the product they usually use. Marketing specialists apparently use this new and improved device to sell more products because we Americans are constantly searching for something new and better, faster or easier, clearer to look at or better sound to listen to. They want to proclaim new and improved. You've just got to have this. On this third Sunday in Advent, we are thinking about that word, proclaim. The authors of our lessons for today are proclaiming good news for their hearers. The prophet Isaiah brings a message that was welcomed by all the people of Israel. We need to remember that the nation he was addressing had just survived a humiliating experience. Her people had been defeated, her cities destroyed, families torn apart. Many were carried off as slaves to serve the victors. Her leaders were despised. But now, Israel was a nation coming together again from this humbling, humiliating experience, looking toward the future. Isaiah begins, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners, to comfort all who mourn. Those were certainly welcome words to the people of Israel. Each of them had been oppressed, were brokenhearted, had been captive and prisoners to this foreign power, and they had much to mourn. And the word of God 
was spoken to breathe new life into a people once thought dead. New life, yes, even new and improved life, was proclaimed to the nation, and there was cause for rejoicing. A few hundred years later, a new voice was heard in that land. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. His was the voice of one crying in the wilderness, Make straight the way of the Lord. He came to proclaim that the light of the world was about to enter into history. And he got so much attention that the religious leaders of the day sent out priests and Levites to figure out who he really was. Are you the Messiah? Elijah? The prophet? You see, the people were expecting something new and improved to dawn on the scene. They expected Elijah, this great prophet who had ascended into heaven in a chariot to return. Or another prophet as great as Elijah, maybe, to announce good news to the people. Or perhaps even the longed-for Messiah. This one who would restore Israel to its greatness as the people of God. To establish an everlasting human kingdom on earth. Are you this one for whom we wait? They asked him. No, John said, I am not the light that is coming, but it is coming. I came to bear witness to that light so that everybody who receives him and believes through him will become the children of God, born not of blood or the will of the flesh, but of God. John proclaimed that soon, in God's time, this light of the world would be revealed. It is this coming of the light of the world that we proclaim today, that Jesus the Christ, the Messiah of God, has brought and continues to bring new life to all who will receive him and who believe. This morning on this third Sunday of Advent, as we seek to proclaim the coming of the Christ, I ask you, in 2014, who are the oppressed, the brokenhearted, the captives, the prisoners, those who mourn, who are in need of the good news of Jesus Christ? If Jesus were to walk among the people in this land today, to whom would he reach out? To those who already have so much but want more? To those who oppress others for their own sake? To those whose actions or inaction results in so much grief and injustice in our world? as individuals and as a congregation, 
We are called upon to be faithful preparers of the way of God's message so that it might touch the lives of others. That has been the calling of St. Paul for over 150 years. We are like the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. He is coming to you. You see, we cannot just be nominal Christians and prepare the way for God to be revealed to the world living in darkness. If we expect our children and our neighbors and our community, our nation, to live as God intends the human community to live, the best and the least we can do is to be faithful preparers of his way by being faithful to our calling to be his people here and now. By standing up and being counted when justice is not being done, by remaining true to our convictions when we're called upon to look the other way. As a community of faith, we gather in worship to hear the word of the Lord which calls and enlightens us. But our real service happens when we go out the exit doors into the world to proclaim and live what we have heard, what we have seen, what we have received. We cannot be nominal Christians and prepare the way for God to be revealed to the world living in darkness. Does this message of the good news of Jesus coming into our world need some improving and being new? I think not. No, I believe Jesus would still be walking for economic and social and political justice with those who have no power. I think Jesus would still be calling for repentance of a system that keeps others in perpetual poverty. I think Jesus would still be asking us to look into our heart of hearts and ask ourselves, is what I'm doing, the choices I am making, giving life and joy and freedom and comfort to those who are hurting in our midst? The advent of our God is a cause for proclaiming to all that will listen that God has come to us in a new way. It is the coming of this light that still brings good news to those who so desperately need it. As we continue our Advent journey to Bethlehem, may we hear his prophetic word and prepare our hearts and our minds to be his people and proclaim to all to hear Jesus, the Christ of yesterday, today, and tomorrow is coming and is now here. Amen.